I thought that since Sunday is Christmas Day this year, last time, for the record, anybody wondering, we had, according to the, rec- to the information I saw at least, the last time we had Christmas on a Sunday was in the year 2016. But I thought on this occasion, and before we get to the scripture reading and the sermon, I wanted to share with you a special Christmas message or statement from the late Dr. R.J. Rushdoony. And Dr. Rushdoony wrote this in December of 1991 in the Chalcedon Report on the birth of our Lord, and I quote him here. The Christmas season is a joyful one, a time of celebration and of God's grace to us in Jesus Christ. It is also a time when some people write to me annually to damn all Christmas observance as pagan, to send me tracts on the subject, and to tell me to read Alexander Hislop's The Two Babylons. Well, I read that book at least 50 years ago. It is an amazing collection of data on ancient paganism, but the conclusions drawn are fallacious. It is true, for example, that pagans worship the evergreen tree and the oak and many other trees. Pagans, after all, in idolizing the created, could only use God's handiwork. This does not make such things pagan, however. The tree of life is a type of Christ. Very early, the church celebrated Christ as the tree of life at his nativity. Off and on over the centuries, it has been much used by Christians. At times, he continues, the last judgment has received more stress than his birth. At other times, other emphases have predominated. The Puritans, for a time, abandoned the observance of Christmas because of the prevalence of drunkenness, but people continued to get drunk on any and every occasion. Does the Bible command us to observe our Lord's birth? No, no more than it requires us to worship twice on Sundays, have prayer meetings, have women, women's circle studies or Bible guilds, Sunday school, etc. But, he writes, it does command us in Mark chapter 12, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. He continues, rejoicing in our Lord's coming and birth is one way of showing our love. I was taught as a child that the evergreen Christmas tree was a type of Christ. The ornaments in those days were made to resemble fruit, and fruits were also hung on the tree in terms of Revelation chapter 22, verse 2. As a father, I read to my children, gathered around the Christmas tree, Luke 2, 1 to 20, and we sang Christmas carols. I enjoy Christmas, he writes. It brings to mind some remarkable words from the nativity service of the earliest Christians. The virgin today cometh into a cave to bring forth ineffably the word that is before the ages. Dance, thou universe, on hearing the tidings. Glorify with the angels and the shepherds him that will to be held a little child, the God before the ages. My heart sings at the thought of Christmas and Easter, incarnation and resurrection. I feel sorry for those who view so joyful a time sourly, and I earnestly pray that the joy of the Lord may indeed become their strength, as in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Dr. Rastuni concludes, The birth, life, and death and resurrection of our Lord are witnesses to God's amazing grace. Paul commands us, it is clear, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, Philippians 4, 4. How lovely are the many glorious hymns wherein men over the generations have rejoiced in our Lord's birth. One that comes to mind is, All my heart this night rejoices as I hear far and near sweetest angel voices. Christ is born, their choirs 
are singing. And Dr. Rushdini concludes, Merry Christmas and God bless you all. End of quote.